I've, 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 met, I've met people in my life that have mentored me. I've, I've met people in my life that have encouraged me and have, have shown me love, even when I didn't deserve it. Be careful. I've seen you start shaking your head. I'm watching you. I've had a lot of different relationships. But you know, there was, there was a relationship, and I'm, and I'm talking to you carnally with spiritual meaning right now, but there, there was a relationship that I was introduced to back in 1993. that changed my life forever. And that relationship that I was introduced to was that of becoming a father. Do you know, I, I, I've got different relationships of different people that call me different things, some not pleasant. But I, I've, got, I've got friends that just call me Rocky. I've got, I've got people that call me brother. I've got people that call me pastor. But the one that brings me more joy is those that call me Daddy. There was something about that when I first heard it. And then I was reintroduced to that, what I figured was the same thing in 1996. To be, yet again, a father to yet another. But it wasn't the boy this time. See, the boy made me proud. The daughter humbled me. There's something about fathering. Well, no, you've got one that acts like a girl every once in a while. You, you, you fathered some men in your life, and there's just something about fathering a daughter. I don't understand it. I think the mama talks to them in private when they're in the, in the womb. And they tell them how they're going to cripple their daddy when they come out. Because when they look at them and just bat their little eyes, that's it. She ain't have to say nothing to me. All she had to do, bat the, I was done. Just done. But there's something about being a father that brings such a joy in one hand. And there's something that God intended in being a father in another hand. And I believe that God created children to keep us closer to him. <laughs> if you ain't never fathered, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But if you fathered, 
Boy, they'll keep you on your knees, right? it, it, It will draw you closer. If you've got a relationship with God, it will draw you closer to it because those kids will do stuff. I don't care how good of a dad you are. I don't care how much, how much holiness you can feed them. When it's time for them to run them up, Miss Linda, they'll take off on you in a minute, won't they? I mean, and that leash just ain't long enough. That leash, it just seems like that leash keeps going and going and going. Y'all ever seen them little retractable leashes? They go a certain distance. And they, I, I wish I could have had some of them. But there was something about becoming a father that that caused me to have a different outlook in life. Because I can't say really that it was a different outlook in to God. Because at the time, I wasn't serving God. But now that I've turned my life over and given it to God. Now I've got a different understanding and a different perspective of who God is to me and what God requires and has asked of me as a father on this earth. I mean, you can teach your kids. You can discipline your children. My son just said, A to the men. But in all that you do, they will still try and find their own way. That's just human nature. We're all born bent. Come on, church. We all still walk with a limp. But they're looking for something. They're, they're looking for an, an identity. And the more I thought about this, the 43% of today's children are without fathers. There's something about the importance of a father. Anytime you want to see the the beginning of something new, go go back. It's it's called the law of first mention. When, When we look back into Genesis, we see that he created Adam. He created man first. There's an importance. The man is the head of the home. And what did he have with that man? That man was placed in a garden to work it and to cultivate it. Can I talk to you just for a minute? See, you might be sitting here this morning. I'm not a father. I don't really need to hear all this. But this is out there in the airways. And I pray that one man someday will hear and will respond to the call of being a father. But 
God set him in a garden so that he would cultivate that garden. I mean, when we see Adam, Adam's tilling up the ground, growing trees, cultivating flowers. He's working the garden, setting a principle for us as men. I got to have all the men's attention. Put in place a principle for us that we would cultivate that which God would give us. That we would would teach and nurture our children. We're going to read a, a, a passage that probably isn't read so much so on Father's Day. And you'll probably scratch your head and Wonder why I'm even doing it. But I want us to understand the importance not not to father a child. Anyone can father a child, but not everyone can be a father to a child. And just because you father a child doesn't mean you can be the father of a child. There are some that are fathers of children that never fathered children. The instinct is there. The the all to be is within them. Matthew chapter 3. told Charlie earlier, this is probably one of the harder days for me because I so desired a relationship that I never encountered. And, and it's tough, when, especially when you desire that relationship. See, I, I had someone that would step in to be the father role, but as good of a father as he was to me in the role, he still was not a father. There's just something happens when daddy speaks. Man, you can have, you can have the whole house upside down, but when daddy steps in and says enough, is enough if there's any honor at all in the home when daddy speaks sometimes daddy doesn't even have to raise his voice mama has screamed for the past 20 minutes and nothing has happened and daddy just takes one step on the stairs to come down And uh uh-oh, everything went silent. The dogs run off to the crates and the children come a-running. Because they know that daddy has spoken. But it's not so much of the authority side that we're looking for. When we speak of fathers, we're not just talking of one that 
comes and brings the home into alignment, we're also speaking of the one that also brings identity to those he speaks to. Hang on with me. Y'all ready? Buckle your seatbelts. It'll be a different Father's Day. Might be one you've never heard before. Chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him. Boy, don't you know that's a humbled man because in today's market, if one ever thought that they could be recognized by another's position, come on, we call them brown nosers at work. Never mind, y'all ain't even with me this morning. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him, and John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Less of me and more of you, God. That, John the Baptist understood it had to be less of him and more of him. He understood this principle. I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? I mean, he even speaks of, I'm not even worthy to unlace his sandals. And here Jesus comes. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Mark 1 also talks to us about this account. Luke Chapter 3 also talks, Tommy, I didn't give you Luke 3, but you don't even have to go there. I'll, uh, it's up to you, Luke 3. Luke 3, verse 21, it says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens was opened. The heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Give me enough time to get through this. I'll be done when I'm done. I promise. 
Y'all know our rule. We'll stop the same day we started. What we have is Jesus, the, the Son of God, being baptized, and God recognizing who he was. We just read two separate accounts. And if you read all three and you study all three, you'll see different, some differences in the accounts. Not all of them will be identical. Matter of fact, some of the historians and the theologians, they, they actually debate these, this account. Because in Luke, in Luke, John doesn't baptize Jesus. Uh-oh, I done jumped in the religious seat with you. In Matthew, John baptizes Jesus. Well, Rocky, that's contradiction. And the Bible's not contradicting. No, it's not. But if you look in Luke, John has already been imprisoned. Make you scratch your head, don't it? Okay, did John do it or did John not do it? We don't, nobody really knows. We'll leave that alone. Let's talk about this. There are some certain ingredients that they all talk about. And I think what they all talk about is the most important. See, it's kind of like, it's kind of like all you women. Man, we, we can ask four or five different women about one dish. And I guarantee you we'll probably get six or seven different recipes off of four or five women for one dish. Because everybody uses different ingredients. But see, there's a thing about it. If we're talking about potato salad, there's going to be some ingredients that are the same across the board with all five women. That's what I want to key in on. See, I, it doesn't matter. We, we, don't, we don't know in Scripture if Mary was at the Jordan. We, we don't know if, if John the Baptist done the baptizing. We don't, we don't know if, if Matthew was there. We don't know if any other the disciples were. We, we don't know. But what we do know is that God was at the baptism. What we do know is that when it dealt with the son, that the father made his appearance. And when he made his appearance, God has been silent for 400 years. Give or take a few days or weeks. 400 years, God's been silent. 
All it took was his son to step in on the scene. And he showed up and he said, hey, 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 that's, that's my boy. That's, see, fathers, all, a lot of the times we, we, we have this little silly prayer that we'll do before we baptize people. And we'll have this silly prayer when we, when we, when we get people saved in our religiosity and we drag them to the altar and kicking and screaming. We wonder why they're crying. It's because we bumped their head on a pew when we are jerking them out to get them to the altar to get saved. But <laughs> I probably shouldn't have run off on that one. I probably should have. God help me. Fathers, we need to begin to show up for our children. There was, there was no prayer prayed to get God to speak. Nobody prayed for God to show up. All the disciples and the onlookers didn't hold hands and start singing Kumbaya and God show up for the inauguration of his son. It, none of that happened. God, God seen his son at a point in time in his life that he knew that he was to come down and speak. In the book of Matthew, it was a public because it said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If you go to Luke, he says, you, he took it to a person. You'll get it in a minute. He come down to speak to his child. So in Matthew and Luke, if I, if I wanted to sit here and debate those two scriptures for you, I wanted you to understand that, that God is so vast and so deep that you can't understand everything in just four little short books. But he would give us enough to get us to understand that it was a public reformation to everyone else in whom he was speaking with. And then in Luke, there was another spot where he actually spoke to his son. See, he could do it all at one time and just blow your mind. God speaks out to Jesus. Fathers, are you speaking out to your children. Oh, do you need to know how important this is? Let me tell you how important this is. Men, fathers, soon-to-be's, let me, let me tell you how important it is to look at your children and begin to speak to your children. And what you're doing, you're, you're identifying your child. 
You're giving them their identity. They don't have to run amok looking for identity. That's where we have failed. Now, I'm not saying that you, you're not going to pour. I told you earlier, you, you can pour in, pour in, pour in, but they still going to get a little hard-headed. Amen, sister? Amen. But what we're doing, we are speaking to them. Jesus didn't, or, or God didn't look at Jesus and speak to Jesus because it, it, it talked a little bit there. It said, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't even done anything yet. Come on, see, you're, you're waiting. You're, you're waiting. Fathers, hello, good morning. You're waiting for your children to do something right so that you can be pleased in your children. Can I tell you that you need to be pleased in your children before they do something right because you're setting them up for the wilderness. Don't you remember that after this incident that Jesus left the Jordan and the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness and there was his trials and there was his testing. But God himself had already spoke into Jesus' life and told him, you are the son of God in whom I am well pleased. He had already set him up. He had already given him the fortitude of what he needed to stand up to the enemy. If you're not telling your children, all it takes is that one little hard head. See, if you're not telling, if you're not telling your daughters, if you're not telling your sons, all it takes is a knucklehead or some harlot To run into their life and tell them something that you haven't been speaking. And now, see, I, don't make me go and get too in-depth here. This is Sunday. Have children. We're not speaking the identity into our children. I'm not saying that every time you do it, you're not going to have problems. There's not going to be error along the way. There's not going to be a stumble. My God, you've stumbled. Ask me how, we'll count the ways. We've all run into brick walls. Somebody, our mom and our dad said, sir, son, daughter, I know where you're going, and I know what you do, and I, I can't tell you that you can't get grown. You do what you want to do, but I'm just telling you that there's a coincidence. <laughs> you keep running to that brick wall, it's going to hurt. And I can't stop you from running into that brick wall, but I'm telling you now, that brick wall is going to hurt. Come on, y'all ain't never had, y'all, come on. Our, some of our children are still in here. You can raise your hand and participate. This is a participatory sermon. How many of you had your children run into the brick wall anyway? Amen, Pastor. Hit it wide, plumb open. I mean, coming off looking like a pug. Y'all ever seen a pug dog? I mean, the nose just, they, 
I mean, they, did, they ran so hard and so fast because they thought, they thought life on that side was going to be a lot better than the life on this side because over here you have mom and daddy going, just, I'm just trying to help you. See, one day I'll have to give an account. See, y'all think it's just for your actions, for you personally. But what if you're given, held account for what you did and didn't do with your children? The Bible says that a man, the man that's quiver is full is a blessed man, right? We having children and we act like we ain't blessed. But our children will run and they'll run into these temptations and they'll run into these brick walls and even though you told them, but it's your children falling short should not be held to the cause of you not doing what you should have been doing as a father in your home. Men, hello. Oh, I know. I know. It's not that we want our children to disobey the, the wives or the mothers, but the Bible actually says that you, you need to listen to your daddy and don't despise your mother's teaching. That's in Proverbs. Y'all can go check. Wise man in Proverbs, that Solomon guy was. <laughs> Speaking to his son. He spoke wisdom into his sons. But we, we as fathers in today's society, for some reason, somehow, some way, we have fallen short on fatherhood. Can I tell you that it's of no fault of our own? It has been regenerated generation after generation. Come on, I can, I'm speaking truth with you. My wife had a rough couple years with me. Don't agree. Just say, oh, baby, I loved you. Just say that. It makes it better. But it wasn't the hurt and the pain that she experienced then from me wasn't because I was just born into that. I, I didn't just wake up one day and that's, I watched that. It was modeled. All I knew was to work. Men, and I'm not saying that's the wrong thing. That's a good thing. But don't you know that Billy Graham, when he was asked the question of what is it that you would change? What, what is it that you regret the most in your life? He didn't say that it was some far off island that he didn't get to preach on or some stadium that he was unable to attend and draw millions to God. It wasn't any that. He said, if I could do it over again, I would have spent more time with my children. Now, I'm not listening. I'm not pushing him down. Good man of God. You can't find stuff on him. Well, can you just imagine the riches in glory? He, couldn't nobody redline him. 
Well, he was with a prostitute in the hotel. Well, he divorced and remarried 12 times. Well, he, you, you can't do that with him. But he said, I would have spent more time with my children. As a father. Men, it's your responsibility to groom and nurture your children. It is your responsibility to initiate their identity. Stop leaving it to the mothers at home. I mean, we don't live in that kind of a, of a culture now. I mean, it, it, we're, we're at a culture now. The men, some men don't even have to work. They stay at home because mama makes all the money. Or there's other, there's other men that go to work just because they don't want to do the housework. And mama still makes all the money. Amen. But... It, But we are to be fathers. We are to show up for our children. When, when, it, when we're waiting for the children's report card, I'm guilty. When we're waiting for the children's report card to come home because we don't really know what they're about to receive on their report card, maybe you should have spent a little more time with your child at the kitchen table doing the homework with them and you wouldn't have had to worry about, you wouldn't have had the anxiety of the anticipation. You would have already known that he's going to bring or she's going to bring home a good grade. But instead, it's the anxiety of the anticipation. Come on, men. I'm all, you know, all you men and husbands ought to be sitting on the front row. Fathers, you ought to be on the front row just chewing and eating this morning with both fists. Because God set an example for us of what a godly father would be. Showing up for us. Not because somebody said, not because wife had to call us and tell us. Don't forget your son's baseball game. Don't forget your daughter's recital. You don't want those phone calls. You want to make the first phone call. Boy, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to feed into you. You could be so full. You could be walking around like a tick. You'd be just plumb full, ready to pop. Because I can, I can teach, I can teach you out of my failure. That's called gained wisdom. Sons, you want to be wiser than your father? Here, oh, here. God showed up. It didn't matter, man. He, did, he didn't leave it up to the stepdaddy because him and her ain't having a really good relationship and I just stay. He went. He showed up for his sons, for his daughters. He showed up. Now, I get it, man. There, there's men out there that want to do right. There's men out there that want to do good. They, they want to support the family. And maybe what, for whatever the reason, maybe they're incapable of doing. I'm talking to the ones that are capable. If you're not capable of showing up for your children, 
Fathers, happy Father's Day, by the way. If you're not, <laughs> you better be there for you. If you're not there for your children, Charlie, tell them the truth. If you're not there for your children, somebody will be. God already knew this in his son. He said, if I don't tell him now, if I don't get his identity now, if he doesn't really know who he is right now, when the time comes to walk in the desert, and as soon as he has said, what did Satan ask him? Satan said, if you be the son of God. Didn't he? Challenged him three times. And it all dealt with his identity. That's what Satan wants out of our children, Eric. I mean, if he can get inside of our kids. If he can pervert just an ounce. Fathers, this is why it's so important to show up for your children. Get on the scene. Get on the scene. God, I've said it a million times. I regret the first 12 years. See, some of y'all had hiccups for a week or a day. We had them for 12 years. But glory be to God. Sometimes would make me want to take my shoes off and dance. But I know what happens when Big Daddy dances. It ain't good. It hurts. But I regret the 12 years. Oh, it wasn't that I wasn't doing the father thing. The daddy. I was providing. That's what I was taught. Wasn't scared to work. Still ain't. Just don't like to. Come on. Somebody can testify with me. Huh? It's not that I'm scared to. It's just I don't want to. But if we don't turn something around in our families as fathers, we're going to continue with the same thing that is happening now that we are experiencing, we're going to see the same thing in generations to come. Fathers be fathers. You want to know how to be a father? Read the scripture. God showed up and said, this is my son. You, why is that so important? Do you not remember when the angel visited Mary and said, Mary, blessed are you. And highly favored. And he began, Gabriel began to prophesy over Jesus. And he said, people will call him the son of God. Come on, come on church. Oh, whoa, 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 hey. If we aren't careful and we don't show up and we're not the first ones to put that in our children, somebody else Oh, come on, you remember? There were people that were fulfilling this prophecy, but God found it, God found it to be important that he would be the first one to show up for his child and speak into his life. 
come on, you remember Nathaniel in John? Remember when Nathaniel, I think it was Philip that went and got Nathaniel because Nathaniel was sitting up underneath the tree and he said, we found him, we found him, we found him. And Nathaniel, he wants to come walking up to Jesus and Jesus says, oh, look, coming here. And Jesus talked about him. I don't forget his exact verb. But he said something to Nathaniel in the long of the lines of, oh, look, coming here. <laughs> what do we have here? Man, with no doubt. <laughs> And he shows up and he goes, how do you know of me? How? He said, when he was coming to get you, I already saw you sitting under the tree. And he said, truly you are the son of God. This is why God thought it was important that God be the first one on the scene. This is why it was so important for God to speak. When Daddy speaks, that's the name of your title, when Daddy speaks. It was why it was so important for Daddy to speak in the home. It's why it's so important that Daddy be heard in the home. You don't sit back, Daddies. You don't sit back in the corner. Your job is not recon. You're not supposed to go out and fix it after it's happened. Your job is to prevent. But we sit too often. Fathers sit on their hindquarters. Let mama handle it. Go tell your mama. I'm pre- man, I'm preaching right out of the nicely journal. Tell them, baby. <laughs> Talk to me. Go tell your mama. Go ask your mama. Come on, daddies. Daddy needs to speak. But every time I do, here, oh, I need a power pill. But every time I, but every time I try to speak, my wife just runs me into the corner. You jelly back. You yellow stripe. When's the last time your wife seen you on your face crying out to God? See, when you, oh, when she knows that you've surrendered, it's a lot. Tell them, preach it. Help me preach this, sir. It is a lot easier for a woman to honor the husband in the home when she knows that the husband in the home has submitted his all, his all, his all to God, family included. Then there, there, there is no question. Now it's those times when the children run to mama and go, <laughs> what did daddy say? Well, I haven't asked you. Don't you think you need to? Michelle, I need you to help me preach this thing. Tell them. Tell them. See. Come on, look, look, that's that's good teaching. But the fathers are so, you're so tied up. You're so busy. 
Where's the fathers at? Huh? Do me just just look around the church. Where the fathers at? What? No, no, no. Where are the children at that is 80-some percent incarcerated in the youth because of not having a father at the home? Where, where are the children at? They're in incarceration. Why are they in incarceration? Because you're a yellowback. You're spineless. You're punk. You're a sissy. You won't stand up to the enemy. You won't tell the enemy, you ain't got no right here. Oh, you must have forgot. This is blood-bought, baby. You need to be reminded. You've overstepped. You're illegal. I arrest you in the name of Jesus. You're, you're illegal. You can't do this in my home. Oh, you might have threw a dart. It might have stuck them in the leg, but I promise you this. I'll heal them up. Huh? Come on, daddies. We show up on the scene. We have something to say. As a father, you should have something to say. And no, daddies, they're not all going to like you. You go to the bathroom, and they didn't used all the toilet paper up, and nobody put it back on the roll, and they knew that they was doing it. <laughs> they knew that you was on the clock at 4.30. You was going to the bathroom, and you walked in there at 4.29, and you just seen your kid just leave out there at 4.28, and you know that he knows that you're coming, and he left the toilet paper roll empty. They're not all going to like, you're going you're gonna to reach and grab a doorknob and it's going to have all kinds of slime, you know, the green slime. It's going to have all that on there. You're going to fall over the, oh, my, oh, okay. You thought you was out of the picture this morning. Here we go, Mr. Lego. You're going to walk through the house and step on a Lego and you done spoke in tongues a thousand times before you even knew what you was talking about. They're not all going to like you. It's not about them liking you. It's about you fulfilling a destiny within them and giving them the identity, the power, the wherewithal to be able to walk out the purpose that God has already put inside of them because he said, I know who you were even before you were born. And it's our responsibility as fathers. Stop leaving it to the school board. Stop leaving it to the government. Stop putting the pressure on your wife. Get up. Be a man. Be a father. Amen. We're almost done. God, this is one of the better father's days. Jesus. whom I'm well pleased. What does it take, Dad? Does it take your child to fulfill 
Your every whim, your every wound, your every desire of what you weren't able to accomplish as you were growing up and they accomplished it. Does it take that for you to be pleased with your children? Oh, you've done, man, you've done a great job today in basketball because I wasn't able, they play like Tommy. I wasn't able to shoot them three-pointers like that, Eli. Come on, church. Let's pick on Tommy Day. I wasn't able to catch big fish like that, Eli. I'm so proud of you. God's pride was not hung into what Jesus done, but it was tied to who he was. You ain't getting it. Fathers, you will have a rough day today, baby. Huh? Because mama's going to keep bringing it up. You're going to be sitting there eating, and she's going to go, what about what pastor? <coughs> Do we still have to talk about that at 4 o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> yeah, we didn't get out till 3.15. <laughs> Come on, I'm full. Why do we wait in the hopes that they're going to do something that pleases us? Why are we not setting them up for the opportunity to defeat their wilderness? Can you imagine what that must have felt like? I don't know, I don't know what it feels like. That's why I'm telling you. I don't know what it feels like for a dad. Say, I'm proud of you. I don't know what that's like. But you know what? We don't have to know what that's like carnally because we can revert back to Scripture and I can find quick that He is my heavenly Father and that He will hold no good thing for me. That He's got plans and purposes for me. They're meant for good, not of evil. To prosper us. Why do we as men think that it's important to wait? See, men, if you're not telling fathers, if you're, not, if you're not telling your daughter she's beautiful, some knucklehead will. If, you, if you're not telling your son, that he's a mighty man of God. It won't be an angel to find him in a wine press. It'll be the enemy finding him in a wine press. Thrashing wheat. Because they, we will mishandle what God has given us. We will do things inappropriately. Fathers, it's your responsibility. Man, I should have, should have, should have, would have, could have. He didn't give it to me, so I can't. It would have been nice if you'd have just wrote some kind of oath or something. Said, I, whoever, promise to do and show up 
and speak out for my children when nobody else will. Oh, see, school days, the bad school days, mama would get the phone call. And mama would just go, <clears throat> you're going to have to handle this one because your baby, your baby girl, she just showed herself, she knocked a fool up in, up in school, and she kicked a boy. And I said, why? Because he stepped on a shoe. I said, he shouldn't have stepped on a shoe. Huh? The problem was I didn't hear the whole story. The shoes were over there in a container. They weren't on her feet. Nonetheless, it was her new shoes. Amen. Come on, fathers. Where you at? Amen. Right? What have we done? Boy, I got to listen to my ears every once in a while. You so good. Hey, Facebook, I love y'all. Y'all, y'all just brighten my day when I know I'm preaching to a camera. Y'all come back and see us. Bye-bye. Y'all ain't got used to me yet. Y'all know I drop a helicopter out the air just like that. When I know I'm done, I'm done. I just finished. Who am I to add to? All right, here we go. Billy, I don't know what you're doing behind the computer, but come here. Sean, you ain't ready yet, but you're going to come here too. Tommy, I don't know what you're doing, but you're going to stop and you're going to come here too. Mike, Charlie, Dennis, David, Matthew. I ain't have to call your name. I seen you. I seen you bounce. I took you off of air so you ain't got to be embarrassed. Can't nobody else see you do it. Just the women and the children can see you do it now. See, there has to be a change in your home. And the only way a change will ever transpire in your home is that if the change transpires in your father, in your husband... Look, I mean, a father figure, okay, but right now, I'll tell him, tell him, Lisa. <laughs> See, I know where to go to get that, too. I don't, something happened. Did y'all get anything out of this today? That'd be the first question. Do you understand the responsibility you have as a father, as one to be? Don't you? It's coming. It's coming. Quiver's full because he's a blessed man. That's right. Right? Amen. You don't think I was going to let him off the hook, did you? See? Your son's in here. Snatching. Your son in the back. He can't come out, can he? Hey, Connor, get up here. Amanda, would you go back to the back, being that you're the parent of Eli, <laughs> and request Eli's presence? Thank you, ma'am. We love you. You're so kind. There you go. 
Look, we, guys, listen, if we, if you do not start this with your children, who are you going to start it with? I mean, I know your son outworks you every day, but (laughs) it's still, it's not even the, (laughs) y'all got to see his picture on Facebook covered head to toe in cow manure. And mama's got to pick him up. See, here we go again. <laughs> See there, turn that table. So you the daddy, you go get your boy. Tell him how, pre- get, get. pull him right on up in that car, stank and all. <laughs> I know daddies. Daddies will throw him in the back of the truck, get in the bed of the truck while I hose y'all when we get to the house. Eba, Eba, Eba. Oh, did y'all see that? Mama throws him in the sanctuary. Now, hey, you ain't up here with your daddy. Get off your Mimi. Your Mimi. What was this one? No, I got daddy. I'm okay. All right, y'all ready? This is what we're going to do. This is your oath. And if you don't have, if you don't have a child, impart it. I just told you 43. Every other boy that you walk by doesn't have a father. That's statistic. That's not my makeup. 43% doesn't have a father. So you're sure to find, this is, you're sure to find five guys that do not have a father out of ten. And they may need you. To see that which is within them and call it forward. You just may change their life. Ah. Now y'all go repeat after me. Because you're doing this before your women. Your mothers. Your children. I made you come up here, but I can't make you stay here. So if you don't want to, you can always sit down. If you got a woman out there, you better stay right where you at. <laughs> that is some wisdom. <coughs> all right, here's the resolution. You ready? Y'all can say it right after me. It's just like your wedding vows all over again. Just don't pass out at the altar this time. <laughs> I don't know that he passed out. I just used him. Did you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is why we have problems in church. This is why we have problems in church. All right, let's go. It's short, I guess, kind of. All right. I'll just read it. It's a little longer. It's a little longer than what you think. Okay, y'all ready? That's wisdom. Did y'all hear that? I just said, yeah. 
I do solemnly resolve before God to take full responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, protect them, serve them, and teach them the word of God as the spiritual leader of my home. I will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as Jesus did for me. I will bless my children and teach them to love God with all of their hearts, all of their minds, and all of their strength. I will train them to honor authority and live responsibly. I will confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I will pray for others and treat them with kindness, respect, and compassion. I will work diligently to provide for the needs of my family. I will forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those I have wronged. I will learn from my mistakes, repent of my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will seek to honor God be faithful to his church. Obey his word and do his will. I will courageously work with the strength God provides to fulfill this resolution for the rest of my life. And for his... Oh, for the rest of my life and for his, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God thought enough about you to create you first, to bring you out of the dirt. See, he thought enough of the women to bring them out of something that <coughs> encompassed them with the idea that we would encompass them as they would live. He's anointed you, and he's called you to be fathers, men, husbands. And there's a purpose in you that God expects and intends to flow out of you. It's your responsibility. Not his. We got to stop. 
We got to stop putting all the blame on God. It's your responsibility to bring the fruit out of your life. Because if you sit, if you don't get up and do, it's not his responsibility. He said that he's given us all things we need to prosper. Everything we need, we got it. And so many times, we as men, we keep looking for it. But I want to encourage you to stop looking for it in the wrong place. Because everything else will look better and brighter and easier outside of his will for your life. His will is hard. His will is heavy. His yoke is easy and his burden's light. But his will is hard and his will is heavy. It requires us to sacrifice, to die. To die. He ain't asking for much out of us men, is he? He just wants you to die. So instead of trying to kill your wife, die. Instead of killing your kids, die. If you'll die to him, I promise you, everything else will get in line, will get in order, will bring peace. But you have to be willing. So I think what I'm going to do, you just do it yourself and pass it down the line. It's one thing for me to anoint your head with oil and to pray over you. But what I just spoke to you requires you to do it. Because now you stand before God. You're going to anoint yourself that you are set apart for his work. That you are set apart to be the father of your home. To be the man of the house. To be the priest of the church. So Father, this morning as we stand before you and Father, as we anoint ourselves, Father, we just, one, we stand in awe. We stand in humility. Father, we're not Mr. Fix-It. We're just not. We can't do it on our own. If we don't have your spirit, nothing is possible. So, Father, we're asking this morning that you would, Father, allow us an opportunity yet again to be the father, to be the husband, and to be the man that you've called us to be. Father, teach us when we're wrong. You always encourage us when we're right. But we need teaching when we're wrong. That's what we shy away from. That's the lack of wisdom because we turn away teaching. But Father, we need to be taught again to be men 
So, Father, as we stand this morning, we submit ourselves, and you have to pray this yourself. We submit ourselves to you. We surrender. We surrender our lives to you. I'm willing to die to me to live for you. And God, with that being said, I know I'm the head of my home, but you're the head of the family. Father, you're the head of the church. You oversee everything beneath me and alongside me is my wife because she come out of the side to represent a partnership. But Father, teach us to be men to give guidance and and to give wisdom and to encourage and to uplift our children and our wives and keep our home in order and protected. Father, let us know that a wilderness is just beyond the Jordan. So it's at the Jordan where we die. That's where we die. Father, everything that I do, Father, may it be pleasing to you. May you look down upon me and smile. Father, may I be that representation of who you've called me to be. God, may, may people look onto me, Father, as I father my children and as, as, I, as I be a husband to my wife and as I lead my family. God, let me be an example of what it is to be a godly father and a godly husband. Father, this morning, I just bless your name. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. God, what a day for you to show up and speak. We love you with everything in us. Not our will, but thine be done in our life, in our home, in our jobs, our family, our church. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day. And listen, women, mothers, wives, girlfriends, soon-to-be's, do me a favor. Don't take today and chasten your husband or the men. Don't point your finger and go, and what did pass? Don't do that. You'll turn him against me, and then I can't help you on the backside by saying, hey, look, you might want to try this, because he's going to know every time I do, you get me in trouble. <laughs> love on your husband. Love on your men. Amen. Your men is just as precious to you and your family as you are to them. Right. We need to treat them as such and honor them and respect them. Don't take away their priesthood. Shame on you if that's what you do. Encourage him to be the priest. Don't strip it from him. And encouraging isn't the way y'all think it is. I, boy, I should have preached on Mother's Day, shouldn't I? A month ago, I should have got to mama's. Y'all can't talk to them like this. We don't accept that. We reject that. But if you come and cook us something, 
Lord Jesus. Well, we'll go mow the grass, <laughs> pull the flowers. We'll do whatever you want. Have a good Father's Day. I love y'all.